Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. The Lord is moving in this house. Amen. Let's just lift our hands up and we just begin to worship him a moment. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. The Ancient of Days is in this house, and whatever need you have, take to him right now in prayer. Take to him right now. Do not wait. Do not hesitate. Open your mouth. Open your heart to him now. Do not wait. Don't hesitate. There's no need to. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You are the ancient days. You are the healer. You are the star breather. You are mighty. You are great and holy. And there is nothing that is too big for you. There's nothing too great for you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name, oh God. Your God is in this house. Your God, creator God is in this house. Your heavenly father is in this house. The maker of every one of us is in this house. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Take the opportunity. Don't let it pass to reach out and get a hold of his garment. Reach out and touch him now from the bottom of your heart. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You are in this house, God. Hallelujah, I worship you. You came with a need. I hope you've already expressed it. I hope you've already opened your heart to God because he's here to meet the need of his kids. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Our hands are to the Lord as you're seated. Thank you, Pastor Brent. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. John 11, verse 53 to Kind of unusual scripture to, to leap off on, but 
I'm going to follow the Holy Ghost and hope I am. Then from that day on, they plotted to put him to death. Talking about the scribes, the leaders, the Jewish leaders wanting to put him to death. He had come into their game and he had disrupted everything they had built up. Every, every uh, institution that they had put in place. Jesus came and he disrupted it all. And this comes after his time in the temple and But I want to get to this next part, verse 54. Therefore, Jesus no longer walked openly among the Jews, but went from there into the country near the wilderness to a city called Ephraim, and there remained with his disciples. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. We prayed over the the service already. I do want to give honor to the apostle, to the bishop. Uh, I waited till you were sitting down. Sorry. I honor this man of God. <laughs> Scripture says he's worthy of double honor. Uh, I want to give honor to the first family and the example that you set. <laughs> to all the ministry, the pastoral staff, each in their place and their anointing, and to the body. Whether the department leaders or everyone that is here honor you uh, tonight. You may be seated. God is good. I, I was sitting back there as Brother Brent was just tearing it up and thinking, you know what, those are some of the same thoughts, a few of those, that I've had to get to a place in prayer and pray about in that place of self-encouragement, in that place where... You're at a place and realizing, wait a minute, my circumstances can't dictate my praise. My circumstances, I can't allow my circumstances to keep getting in the way of that time of prayer. That time when you're alone with God and there's nobody else. And there's nobody going to be there to prop you up. There's not a song, a praise team isn't going to be there. It's just you and God. And in that place... When all your days rush in on you and all of the circumstances are about to come, God is still worthy of praise. Because nothing in your life changes who he is. Nothing in your life, no circumstance, no disease, no situation, no financial situation, nothing changes who he is. Amen. A scripture called him a star breather. I don't know if that means anything to you, but our son, if he's this size, the star, there are stars out there that are hundreds and thousands of times larger than our son. And the scripture says he breathed them out. I don't know, but that just gets me going to think of the power and the majesty and the glory of our God. He didn't, he didn't tell us all about it. He just said it, it happened. And he created the stars also. Amen? Maybe seated. I want to say a word to this because um, on two occasions uh, I have been spoken to and prayed for by the handmaiden concerning diabetes. And I did not want to leave this place again and not say something concerning that. 
My God is a healer. My God is a healer. I do not doubt his ability. I do not doubt that he can do anything and everything he has said he can do. Because I believe his word. I believe when it said he created all things. Since he created all things, my issues are small. My issues are small. So I wanted to bring that up to say that the Lord is blessing there. There's a journey still to make. As far as I know it, we're not there yet. But that doesn't mean that it's not happening. And I see some good numbers. I've got to check the glucose every day, multiple times a day. And I do that to watch and see where I'm at. Am I on track? Am I on track? Do I need to change something? And I've seen good results. But, Prophet, the thing that you said the other day, delay is not denial. Is that journey that God must take you and I on. He'll give a promise, but the fulfillment of that may not be around the corner. And every one of us have to come to that place in our heart to say, God said it. Don't know when it's going to come to pass, but he did say it. And it will come to pass, and I will be faithful until that day and beyond. Amen? Praise the name of the Lord. You may be seated. On two occasions, I've had someone say, this is what the Lord said is going to happen. And on both occasions, and I should know better, but I expected it really quickly. I know better. But... At the time, I didn't, and I was, I was looking for ways it was going to happen. I was anticipating how it would happen and whatever, and so you spend time doing that, and then when it doesn't happen, then you're like, okay, uh, did they hear right? Did I hear right? Did I understand? Maybe I misinterpreted it, but no, it's God, God will do what he says he's going to do. It is on us to continue to be faithful, continue to walk. Continue to walk, continue to walk, even if we don't see the fulfillment of that. And I believe it's coming, and one day I'll stand here and be able to tell you that, and I believe it is happening. Praise God. Praise God. God is good. God is good. The scripture I'm reading, uh, I've got a little bit of time left. So the context of this is Jesus has already been in Jerusalem. He has already confronted them in the temple. He has already, and frequently, he's confronting the Pharisees on how they took the law of Moses and they added to it, and they twisted it, and they changed it, and they reinterpreted it. And so they had this whole system in place. And when he comes along and he's preaching truth and he's pointing out the inconsistencies and he's pointing out what is wrong and he's calling them vipers and he's telling them exactly the issue he has with them and what their issue is with the word because they weren't lining up with the word to the point that before that time, Scripture doesn't reveal this, but now it says they were plotting to put him to death. The righteous leaders were plotting murder. They were the ones that would sit in judgment. They sat in Moses' seat, and yet they were conceiving how to murder Jesus Christ. And so that think of that setting. So they're walking away, and they're leaving Jerusalem. Disciples are with them, and, and there is that sense of foreboding. They walk away, but in time, we know he must come back. 
And so the scripture tells us in Luke 18, in 18 and 31, I'm going to read through this fast because there's not a whole lot of time here. And he took the 12 aside and said to them, I'm in verse 31, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man will be accomplished. For he will be delivered to the Gentiles and will be mocked, insulted, and spit upon. And they will scourge him and kill him, and the third day he will rise again. Jesus, being intimately aware of what was in front of him, all of these days in advance were telling his disciples, this is what's coming. And although they didn't understand it, he knew what was coming. There was, in any human heart, if you know that you've got something coming up that you're not looking forward to, your mind is on it. You're thinking about it. It, 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 it plays on your thoughts. It plays on your emotions. It plays on you. And so I can't imagine, and Scripture doesn't reveal what he was thinking, but it does give us hints of how it was impacting him to know I'm going to Jerusalem, and when I go, I'm going to be betrayed. People that have walked with me for a long time are going to walk away from me. I'm going to be in a garden, and I'm going to be praying, and the anguish will be so great that the Scripture says he sweat as it were great drops of blood. So he's saying these words knowing what's coming, anticipating what's coming. I began to think about the, just that emotional, human emotional impact of going to the cross would be like. We've heard uh, an apt and able description about what happened to him on the cross and the torment on the cross but the anticipation of the event sometimes can be as excruciating as going through the event. To, to know there is an impending pain and, and torment coming for the Holy Ghost. Mark says this, Mark 10, 32. Now they were on the road going up to Jerusalem. It was always up to Jerusalem or down from Jerusalem. It was on a high place. So they were going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was going before them. He knows what's happening, but he's leading the way. He's in front of them. He's leading the way. His disciples, um, the Scripture says, and as they followed him, they were afraid. They were afraid of what might happen. There's a place where Thomas at one time says, let's go with Jesus, you know, if, you know, if, we'll, if we die, we die, but we're going to follow and, and stay with Jesus. Well, here... They are, they're following, but they're afraid. There's a weight on them not knowing what it will be like when they get finally to their destination. So we we talk about the rejoicing going into Jerusalem, but there's also that foreboding, that, that heaviness of saying something's coming. And we don't know what that is, but we're afraid. And Jesus, he took them aside and said, Behold, we're going to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priest. Saying, boys, when we get there, this is what's going to happen. He's going to, I'm going to be betrayed by the chief priest and the scribes, the religious leaders, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him 
to the Gentiles and they will mock him, scourge him, spit on him and kill him. And the third day he will rise again. What a place to put those disciples in. What a mindset to put them in as you're walking into Jerusalem. And to know that our Savior, in spite of what was coming, endured that anxiety, endured that, that, the, the dread of what was to come. The Calvary, Calvary was for our salvation. We know that the crucifixion was, it had to happen. It was prophesied, it was foretold, it had to happen. There had to be a sinless sacrifice so that we could be saved. Because if there was no sinless sacrifice, where, where, where would we be? And where would we be without the sacrifice of Jesus Christ? And so the torment that he went through was, was forecast, not forecasted, but preceded by what he was going through internally. And my thought was this, is that we as God's people, we rejoice over salvation and we should. But I want you to remember that the God who went to the cross, who gave his body to be tormented, to be beaten, to be whipped, and again, we heard a wonderful description of that horrible, tragic thing, is the same God who in his heart And I'm speaking of the man, Christ Jesus, feeling the dread of that moment. The dread and the anxiety and the anguish of what was to come. And yet the scripture says he still went. He didn't back up. He didn't back up from where he was to go. Didn't back up from what the scripture said he would do. But he continued on. And his disciples followed him even though they were afraid. Even though they didn't know what was coming. We're in a time when the emotions and the mindset of, and, and all the stuff we hear, all the things that go in in our, own, in our lives. And, and know this, that your God knows what you're going through. The anguish you feel for anything, he knows what you're going through. And what he has walked through, he will carry you through. He will walk with you through that. But know this, in your torment, in any anxiety, in any difficulty emotionally that you have with any challenge you face, and we face a lot of challenges. Your families are facing some challenges, maybe. You yourself, when it's health and it's yourself, it really brings the focus to what's going on. But in all of that, in all of that emotional trauma, remember this, God is still God. And in spite of what you feel, in spite of what you go through, he's worthy of praise. And he's worthy to follow. And he will lead you if you will follow. He will take you to where he needs you to be, both emotionally, in victory, in celebration of his leadership, of his power, of his authority, of his grace. I am so thankful that it wasn't Jesus marching in to to Jerusalem and saying, come on, I'm right here, what are you waiting on? But he went through the things that you and I would have gone through. 
through the feelings and the emotions and the impact of it that you and I would go through if we were going to a place like that. If we knew what was about to happen, if we knew we were going to be tied up and someone was going to beat us, if we knew that, what does that do to you to approach something like that? But in spite of that, I just want to say this and leave a word with this. God is worthy of your praise. He's worthy. And the same God who suffered himself as Jesus suffered on the way and in Jerusalem before he got to Jerusalem, whatever you're suffering, whatever you're struggling with. And I want to pause. I don't want to say this with a lot of excitement. I just want to, I want to say it in a way that comes right into where you're living. It doesn't matter what we face. Not to belittle it. That's not the intent. But to know that everything we do face, he has faced. We do not walk through our valleys alone. We don't walk through our struggles alone. But one thing we must do is follow him and worship him. Amen.